All right, get your Bible open. We're, we're in a series we kicked off last Sunday called For King and Country. And I want to talk to you today about the gift of the kingdom. And I really uh, have chosen this selection uh, of Scripture so much we could preach on. Uh, I selected it especially in the context of what's going on today, just to encourage you and to build your faith uh, in the Lord and what He's doing. So Matthew chapter 12, our, our key text is going to be uh, verses 31 and 32. But just by way of review, why are we talking about the kingdom? Um, it's a real simple reason. It was the main message of Jesus. How many of you know the main message of Jesus should be the main message of his church? And so, uh, we're, and I'll, I'll establish that. If that point's uh, not so sure in your mind, uh, we'll get to the ministry of Jesus, and we will establish how kingdom-focused Jesus was, and therefore how kingdom-focused we should be. I made the comment last week that the kingdom's hard to get your brain around because it's multifaceted. It, it's the present it's the future. It's internal. It's external. What is it? It's all the above. But in a nutshell, the kingdom is present everywhere the king is ruling and reigning. So if you want to know, like, am, am I part living in the kingdom? You need to ask this question. Is Jesus the king ruling in your life? Because to the degree that he rules in your life, that's the degree that you experience the supernatural realm of the kingdom. And I've been cha challenging us if we're going to be a kingdom church, if we're just going to be the church of Jesus Christ, we cannot be natural. There's a natural element, obviously, to following the Lord. How many of you know you still get up, you go to work, you pay bills, you change baby diapers, you got nips go? How many know there's a natural element of life? But we're living in a supernatural dimension because we're supernatural people. And I just want to keep challenging you with this point. If you don't need God to show up and do something that only God can do, then God's kind of unnecessary in your life. Uh, if you can figure it all out by yourself and you don't need him and everything is just about spreadsheets or whatever, the kingdom of God does not operate on spreadsheets. God's, God's economy does, doesn't make sense to us. It's crazy. And the way God moves doesn't make sense to us. It's supernatural. He's God. And so I just want us to get an appetite for faith because faith is really saying, you know what? Lord, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble, all right? Now, please hear me. I'm not encouraging you to live in crisis mode or irresponsibility or anything like that. How I many you know we don't, crises are not something that we celebrate. I'm not encouraging that, but I'm just saying this. God will always cause us to step out in greater dimensions of having to believe him. Otherwise, our walk with him gets boring. And we don't want it to be boring. There's nothing boring about following Christ. So take a look with me about what this means to, to live under the rule of God. Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 31 and 32. We all know 31. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? And seek it above all else. And he will give you everything you need. And we just sang about we have a firm foundation. Amen. Um, He's not going to fail us now. Why do we sing these things? Because the Scripture declares these promises over and over again. Check this out, about real-life stuff, all right, and about the real fears that human beings experience. So God understands it, but he tells us if you'll seek the kingdom, in other words, live under the dominion of the kingdom of God, be a kingdom person. If you do that, God says, I'll give you everything that you need, so he's going to take care of our needs. Look what it says. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness 
to give you the kingdom. Now, I love the message paraphrase because it speaks it just in our language about as straightforward as you can get. Take a look on the screen with the message paraphrase of this passage. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. That's, I mean, anybody need to relax this morning, right? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Isn't that a great passage? That passage, don't be afraid of missing out. My mind goes all the way back to my mom's grandmother. Yes. She had to make sure that when we were eating dinner that she got her piece of pie first because she didn't want to miss out on that piece of pie. And so every meal that we ever ate on vacation, she would make sure she, she got her slice already on the plate before everybody else got to dessert. I don't know if it was a trauma from childhood. I don't know what it was. Um, but I just want you to know, there are lots of people that have that mentality. Like, if I don't hurry up and get my pie now, I'm not going to have any. Maybe you've been raised in church and you've been to the potluck suppers like me, and, you know, the folks at the end of the line don't get the piece of pie or anything else. But anyway, how many of you know God's kingdom does not operate like a church potluck supper? Those who are last are actually first, and there's, there's more than enough pies. He just keeps bringing them out. It's amazing. So let's take a look. I'm going to do this in a series of threes, and i got to go quick. So you guys listen fast, and I'll talk fast. All right. Three kingdom realities, first of all, that I want. This is, this is from Luke chapter 12. Prior to our text in verse 31 and 32, Jesus is challenging his people not to live like unbelievers or pagans. And you'll hear that a lot in my preaching. We are not normal people. We don't react like normal people. We have a supernatural God with supernatural resources. Amen? So, so don't, Jesus even tells you, stop acting like pagans. Pagans worry about these things. Unsaved people worry about these things. That's not who we are. So let's not fall into that trap. We're born again into the reign of God over our lives. We've got a king who loves us. And we're members and citizens of the kingdom. And so first thing I want to encourage you, fear God and not men. Look what, look what it says in verses 4 and 5, Luke chapter 12. Dear friends, don't be afraid of, uh, of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after that. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. Now, we're dealing with things people are afraid of. One thing Jesus says not to be afraid of is death. So we should have a certain sense of reckless abandonment as we follow the purposes of God. If you're a Christian in this room, I'm telling you, you should be resting assured that your future is absolutely secure and it's awesome. So just settle that. It helps you live in freedom. I still see people who are walking around in fear of COVID. It's like, already got the T-shirt, folks. We've been there. We've been to Disneyland. We don't need to wear the shirt anymore. 
or fear anymore, but there's still people freaking out about that. And there are people that are professional people who train you to freak out about things for the rest of your life. Don't be a pagan. That's all I'm saying. Don't be a pagan. Death is not your worst enemy. Hell is your worst enemy. So let's be, how about this? Let's just be people that fear God. Secondly, I want to drive this point home. You and I are valuable to the Lord. Look at what it says in verses 6 and 7. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins, and yet God does not forget a single one of them. God knows sparrows by name. He names them. They like him. He knows them all. He can recognize the difference. They all look like little brown kind of normal birds to me, but God knows all of them. And how about this one? And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. I remember in college when I was sitting reading my textbooks and I would run my fingers through the hair that I used to have, and my hair would, why are you laughing so hard about that? And my hair would fall out on my textbook, and I could just hear the Lord going, 2,122, 2,121, and he actually knew the countdown to my baldness that I shine before you all today. But anyway, that's I mean, if God knows the number of hairs on your head, you are an object of his attention. He knows what's going on in your life. Trust me, are you more valuable? Sam, agree with me on this. Are you? I got a double Sam anointing right there. And you're both very handsome this morning. Um... If God knows our hairs, are we not more valuable, like the real me? Am I not more valuable than the hair I simply have or have not? Absolutely. And he's constantly yelling out, you're more valuable than birds. I mean, like someone needs to hear that this morning. You're more valuable than birds. You know what I do? I wake up in the morning. I take the dogs out. They do their number. I scoop up some birds, seed, and I feed the birds. And as I'm feeding the birds, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm being an instrument of God to demonstrate the kingdom that he is using me right now to feed birds in my neighborhood. And if God could feed birds through me and takes care of all their needs, how much more valuable am I? Oh, this is good stuff. All right. Next thing, be rich towards God. Look at Luke 12, verses 15 and 21. Then Jesus said, he's still talking, and beware, 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 guard against every kind of greed. Your life is not measured by how much you own. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Your life is not measured by how much you own. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, listen, and not have a rich relationship with God. We have to be stewards. There's nothing the matter with storing up, investing, all of that. Please hear me. We want to be good financial stewards of what God's given us. But here's what's wrong. If you're not, if you're rich towards yourself, but you're stingy towards God, that is a bad place to be. That's called greed, idolatry, etc. Here, here's what I'm encouraging us to be. Let's, let's be incredibly generous, not be tight-fisted. Let's be open-handed towards people and toward the Lord, and if you'll stay open-handed, you will be a conduit and not a cul-de-sac. In other words, God will release resources through you, 
as long as you keep being a conduit of what his mission is. But if it's all about he who has the most toys wins, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Because Jesus said things like, you know what, send it ahead where you can enjoy it forever, where there's no moth, no inflation, no taxes. Um, Send it ahead where you can use it forever. So I want to encourage us, be rich. That's a good word. Be rich towards God. And I just want to ask you this morning, is, is that how God would describe you? Are you rich towards him or are you stingy towards him? Uh, important question. All right. Make his, his kingdom preeminent. We talked about that last week. Seek the kingdom above all else. In other words, what is my king and what is his country? What is he about? What is his mission? I'm going to give myself to those things. Now, let's go back to our text. And I want to highlight three amazing truths about God. This little verse is one of my favorite verses because in in, in just a tiny little uh, amount of words, it is so pregnant with truth. I'll say it again. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. There are three uh, names or three identities of God in this one little verse that should encourage us. How many of you know if God wants to give us a kingdom, then one of his identities is he is a king. Now, I don't know about you, but he's the king of the entire cosmos. Everything belongs to him, absolute authority and power are his. How many of you know, I've, I've dealt with people that have had court situations and they're praying for favor. And here, this is where my confidence lies. We have sometimes judges that are corrupt. We have systems sometimes that are corrupt. We have people that lie. We have people that abuse the system. How many of you know, there are injustices we experience this side of eternity. But there is a judge who is coming. And there is a judge to whom every court justice must appeal to at some time. And so my confidence when we're praying for people is, you know what, let's go to the highest court. Let's go to the court of the king because he rules over the affairs of men. And we can trust him with the situation, whether it works out the way we want or not. God is ruling. So this satisfies our deepest need for security because how many of you know when you personally know the king of the universe... It should give you a great sense of security. You're, you know, I was over here holding my wife's hand during worship, and we're singing, you know, about the firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. Uh, when everything around us is shaken, you know, we're not going down. We're in this for, we're in this for the long haul uh, because we built our faith in Jesus. Our hope is in him. We're standing on the rock. I mean, these are things we declare because of the king that we serve. Uh, there's an incredible sense of safety and security that puts, God puts in your heart when you recognize his kingship. And so I want to be under him. I want to be a part of what he's doing because there's no greater authority anywhere in the universe than God Almighty. So I take great comfort. You know, I just, I like to do the Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, you know, put it on your shoulder. Go ahead, I dare you, knock it off. You know, all that bravado. I love to trash talk the devil because it makes me excited about who God is. I love to tell the devil how big God is because it's true. I love to tell myself how big God is when I'm feeling like he, maybe he's not as big as I need him to be. He's big, and so just declaring his greatness is incredible. But I want you to know something else. Fear not, little flock. Who's in charge of flocks? Shepherds are. And so here's another beautiful thing. God is a shepherd. Now, I can look out at a, at a flock of sheep, and they all look the same. 
Some of you in this room are goat experts. I was chatting with you. You raise goats. And I, I asked this question every rookie would ask. I said, do, like, do goats, are they like dogs? Like, do they have different personalities? She said, oh, absolutely. Some are ornery. Some are friendly. Uh, some are stubborn. Some come running up to you. Some could care less. They don't give you the time of day. How I many you know a shepherd knows the personalities of the goats, even though a novice would look at them and all go, those all look like goats to me. How I many you know, you know, I, I, I got to tell another story. I don't know if Injun is here, my favorite Korean. But Injun had her mother come up here from Korea one time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all smiling and trying to talk to her. She doesn't speak a lick of English. Um, but we're trying to be friendly and everything. And, and her engine's mother leans over to her and says, all these people look alike. <laughs> That's the same thing I said last time I was in China. All right? But here's my point. When God looks at you, he's not like, all you bald guys look alike. No, he knows the unique bald guys. He knows Sam G from Sam F, all right? He knows because he's a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And how many know the good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep? So we have a shepherd, God, who cares for us so very, very, very much. And, uh, and this, what I love about this truth is it satisfies our need for belonging. How many of you know you're part of a flock? You're part of a tribe. And, and there's a shepherd who's looking out for you. Aren't you grateful? Sometimes we start going off the wrong direction. He jerks us back in line, all right? Um, he leads us by still waters because he wants to care for us. He feeds us from his hand. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not have any lack this is great truth. But look at the last truth. It gets even better. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We have a king who's our dad. Now, I don't know about you, but if, you, if your dad is the king, that means you're a son or you're a daughter. And it means... The kingdom is your inheritance. Because when you're part of the family, you have a certain sense of privilege. If you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ and Jesus is your brother, then that means that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you and me. This is good news. So, you know, when you talk about being a king's kid, it doesn't mean you walk around all snooty and spoiled like you, you are something. You are something. But we, we move in a spirit of humility and quiet confidence because you know who you are and you know the power that your dad has and you know the resources that your dad has and you know the care that your dad has. So how many know you carry yourself differently? It enables you to live in right, right thinking, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because when something's coming your way, you just kind of go look in the mirror and you go, I'm not, I'm not all that special, but I'm, I'm the son of a king. And my dad owns the cosmos. And I know I'm in a spiritual battle right now, but my brother Jesus kicked the devil's rear at Calvary, and I'm walking in his victory. 
So I don't care what the challenges are that are coming my way. There's a certain sense of bravado in the Lord that causes you to act differently. You're not reacting. You're carrying yourself differently. You're moving in faith because you know who you are. Now, very quickly here, and worship team, you guys need to start making your way up here, if you would, just to encourage your pastor to bring this ship home. All right. I want to give you three quick kingdom distractions. Kingdom distractions. These are things that will destroy the working of the king and his kingdom in your life. In other words, when I talked about righteousness, peace, and joy, if you live in fear, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means you're not living under the banner of the king and his kingdom. You're not living in the full benefit and provision of what God has for you. These are things that will knock you out from under that umbrella, all right? The first thing, notice he says, fear not. Verses 28 through 30, if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, Jesus asked. Verse 29, and don't be concerned about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate. Everybody say dominate. Dominate Dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Fear is one of the greatest things that quenches the move of God in your life. And let me just tell you, if some of you are saying, you know, I've just not really seen the supernatural in my life. I'm not really seeing God do much, or I'm not really, I don't really know that I've heard God's voice. You know what? You need to go back to the place where God spoke to you last. And first of all, if you don't believe God actually wants to talk to you, he won't. I've heard people kind of say, well, if, you, if you're waiting to hear from God, read your Bible. Well, yeah, read your Bible, but, like, it'd be nice if you talked to the author. Like, you know, Dick Baxter writes me an encouraging note, and he's sitting right here, and I say, wow, that's such an encouraging note. Man, I'm going to read that second paragraph again. It's, wow, I didn't know Dick cared about me that much. I didn't know he valued our friendship so much. Well, I, I Oh, Dick Pastor, hey, let me give you a hug. Let me talk to you. Thank you. Like, why do we treat the Holy Spirit like he's gone? So I'm just telling you, if you're gripped by fear, it will quench the move of God in your life. It stops what he's trying to do. You got to get rid of fear. The alternative is so much better. Supernatural faith. Believe God cares for you. He's a king. He's a shepherd. He's a father. Don't live in fear. Second thing, and this is important, notice he calls us little flock. Little baby flock. If my family was nervous, somebody let off fireworks in our backyard and my kids are freaking out, I would say, come here, little family. You don't have to be afraid. Say to my dogs, come here, little doggy. It's okay. I hear the Lord saying, hey, church. Fear not, little flock. It's okay. And I think he calls us little flock because here's the second thing that will kill the supernatural move of the kingdom. Pride. We think we're the big flock. We're the big dog. We got, no, no, no. He calls you little flock to let you know he cares about you, but you're little. You're not that big on the grand scale of things in terms of power and authority and might and all these things. You're, you're just a little flock. 
which means you have need of a great big king and a great big dad and a great big shepherd, but you're just a little flock. We got all kinds of needs. So when he reminds us, little flock, he's just reminding us, don't get all hung up on yourself or confident in yourself. Prideful, arrogant. And lastly, oh, this is a good place to end. Lastly, the Bible says, it is your dad, your kings, your shepherds, good pleasure, the King James says. Or in other words, ready for this? It makes him happy to give you the kingdom. There are people in this room that still feel like you're a burden to God. He's mostly disappointed with you. You're a failure. You haven't lived up to his expectations. God might bless you, but he rolls his eyes while he's doing it. Here you are, coming to me again. When are you going to get your own job and work hard? No, that was your dad talking. That's not, this is your heavenly father. This is called grace. This is called grace. He doesn't say if you work hard, you can earn the kingdom, and maybe I'll give you a piece of the action. He said, ready for this? It makes me happy, so incredibly happy to bless you with the kingdom. What's he dealing with here? The curse of unbelief. We know God could... But we don't know if he will because we're not sure if he really likes us. And so we have to twist his arm to get him to perform and do anything for us because he really doesn't like us that much. And do you hear what the Lord says here? It brings your dad such joy to care for you and to give you the entire kingdom. What do we know about the kingdom? It's ever-increasing. Praise the Lord. It's unstoppable. It's never-ending. Listen, we can either be a normal church or a kingdom church. Think about it. If we'll align ourselves with the king and what he's doing, his kingdom is ever-increasing. His kingdom is ever advancing. His kingdom is eternal. His kingdom is unstoppable. Well, pastor, you don't know what's going on in our economy. I don't live in this economy. I'm living in the kingdom of God. Come on. I'm living in the kingdom of God. I'm choosing to live in a supernatural dimension by faith in relationship in covenant with the king who's also my dad. Now, you can choose to live wherever you want. And when it comes to moments like this where we're basically saying, God, what is it that you're wanting to do? I'll just tell you my own. I, I already have my card already filled out. I got to go back and change it because during worship today, I said, I said, Lord, I, you know, we got our pledge. We're going to finish our pledge. We got one more year. We're just going to keep things rolling. And then I thought, wait a minute. Am I, am I reinviting the Lord into this situation? And I've never had this happen before. This is during worship. You know, like when you look up on a screen like that, and I just saw a flash of light, and I saw a number on, on a screen in my mind. While I'm talking to God about the pledge, 
Now, you know, I didn't make this up. I didn't try to have a vision of a slide in my mind. And the devil didn't sneak in to encourage me to step out in faith. So I have no conclusion but to believe God flashed me with a number that I have no idea where it's coming from, other than I know where the source is. So it was an invitation. I haven't even told my wife about this yet. That'll be between the service. But yeah, she's like, because yeah. here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's the Lord. He's just, he's just looking for agreement. So, so stand your feet, and we're going to worship, and I need a couple. Andrew, come on up here. If you could come up here. Larry, if you could come on up here. If you guys could grab that nice big bucket. And just lift your card up to the Lord. Basically, we're asking you to do one of three things. If you're brand new, we're just asking you to pray and obey. Maybe the Lord would have you join us. We're asking you to commit over and above normal ties to, to see that facility completed to the glory of God. So that's the first group. Second group is God's already blessed you. He already met your needs. He already fulfilled what he told you to do. And we're asking you, would you pray again? Because we still have another year to go on this pledge. And then the third group is just, Pastor, we've, we prayed, God spoke. We're moving ahead, and praise the Lord. Thank you. But just let us know. That's what we're doing. We're, we're going to finish our pledge. But we're just going to worship our way up here. And as you come up here, I want you, guys, go ahead and get front and center. I want you to, to do it as an act of faith. It's like you're in, engaging with the King of glory. All, we're, all we are on our best day is obedient. That's all we are. We're just obedient. So just say, Lord, I am agreeing with you. And it's an act of faith. You're just saying, God, here we go. I'm agreeing with you. And toss that in there, and then we're going to worship our way out of here this morning. But I do want to pray in closing before you leave, all right? So let's worship. As you feel ready, come on down. The goodness of the Lord. I'm confident. Seasons change. Your faithfulness remains. Oh, 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 oh. You stay the same in valleys low. You never change. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I'm Your faithfulness remains. You stay the same on valleys low. You never change. And I believe that I will see the good. 
Lift it up, brothers. Hey, extend your hand with us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift this up almost like an Old Testament wave offering, Lord. This is our, our agreement with you. Heaven agreeing with earth, earth agreeing with heaven. And Lord, we know at the place of agreement is a place of power, is a place of breakthrough. And so, Lord, thank you for expansion. Thank you for all the new families that you've sent to us, Lord. Thank you for the life transformation, salvation, healing, deliverance, Lord, that's happening in our midst. Every week, Lord, we give you praise for all that you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in the nations of the world, Lord, that you're expanding our outreach to raise up leadership all across the globe. And so, Lord, we just want to run with you. We want to be a part of your mission. And so, God, this represents, this represents faith in our heart. Lord, we have no clue how you're going to do this. But, Lord, you know how you're going to do it. So we agree with you. And, Father, we continue to pray bold, audacious prayers that all of our needs would be met, that the building would be paid for in full. And, God, that on our very first service there, uh, that there would be such a, a release of kingdom manifestation and presence and glory. And, Father, that you would do great things through these facilities that facilitate the kingdom of God. And so we love you. We bless you. We lift these before you. Lord, our hearts are full of joy and faith and excitement. We just praise you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In your mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, let's give it one more shout of praise. Amen, amen.